Welcome, everybody, to the Split Six Podcast, the podcast where we split a six-pack and talk about three different topics each over the course of one beer. I'm your host, Nick Wigell, and I'm joined today for not the first time, not the second time, not the third time, but the first in a long time. Jordan Lang is back on the podcast. Welcome back, my friend. Well, thank you for having me on. Yeah. How are you doing? Hey, uh, I'm okay. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm well, doing good. Actually, I know how you're doing. I listen to all the episodes. So <laughs> I, I keep up with you pretty well. Well, um, uh, we just had my birthday party this last weekend. Yes. Where we decided uh, uh, with this great plan of you coming on the podcast this weekend without you bringing kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have any ready anyway, so it, it works out. Thank God. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be the first time you've been on in a while that doesn't get, a, or doesn't get a, one of my glasses on the wall. It is the only time, other than the first time. Well, and last time we put up Bean Flicker, because we actually had, you brought that too. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Which was right there, which yeah. looks like it was about 20 or so episodes ago. This yeah, is episode 190, okay. by the way. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, that was a coffee kombucha I brought. Yes. I, we mixed it. <laughs> um, we're drinking something probably just as strong as your strongest kombucha wine this week. Jordan, you want to tell us what we're drinking? Uh, yeah, we're drinking Shorts Brew. Uh, it's Island Chomper. That's a fruit punch uh, dip, or D-I-P-A. I assume that's a double IPA. Yes. Dippa. Uh, double American Indian Pale Ale with pineapple, passion fruit, apple, orange, papaya, and apricot and, gra- and guave. Very fruit punch. It's like they, uh, you know, uh, drop some hops in uh, fermentation. Just like some jungle some, juice? Yeah. And some, <laughs> they drop some hops in some Kool-Aid, probably. This should be interesting. It's eleven percent, so uh, fare us well, our friends. Oh boy, politics will be fun. <laughs> That's why we save it for last. Um, Jordan, uh, you just moved uh, a, little, a lot closer to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, over in Dearborn Heights now, about uh, a mile or two away, right? Yeah, yeah. It was only I don't know, like five minutes to get here. It's nice. Oh, yes. Is a very interesting taste. Give me your bottle opener. I need that. It tastes like, it t- almost tastes like a like a sour. Oh, I'm gonna like this then. Doesn't taste like an IPA at all. <laughs> I'm really gonna like this. <laughs> yeah, that's a sour. I'll drink your beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be fucked up though if I drink six of these. Yeah, well, um, I won't let you because I still need my medicine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Functioning so, alcoholic. <laughs> that's right, baby. <laughs> um, so how long have you been over here in Dearborn Heights now? A week. A week? Mm-hmm. This, is this where you grew up? Uh, I grew up in Dearborn. Okay. And then my uh, I'm, st- I'm staying at my grandma's place. So Got you. I have grown up around that place as well. Yeah. And then, obviously, uh, lifelong friends of ours, Vince Nino. Mm. Uh, they're just, you know, you know, yet to be on the podcast, but we've had Vince on multiple times. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so like they, uh, obviously like grew up down the street where you grew up and, you know, by association, I was part of all that. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, you know, back in the area, baby. For the time being though, you have been looking Couple at houses, months. right? Yeah. It's just in the interim. Uh, I am house hunting at the moment. So did you move all your shit to this place? No. Where's... Storage unit. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's gonna say moving twice would suck. Oh, I, I mean, it still sucks uh, <laughs> moving into a storage unit. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, and when I you guess it a, is moving twice still. And when you have a lot of shit and you have to fit in a storage unit, it's honestly a little bit. It's like easier but harder. 
Yeah, because you have to Tetris everything. Yeah. Yeah, like you get so much. Fear number one, sport. I couldn't imagine, like, if I had to move out of this place where I live now, what the fuck I would do because I have a fully furnished house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you would have to move into another house. Yeah, and if I couldn't, I'd be like, well, I, uh, hopefully all my friends have a little bit of room. Well, you know, you would probably get a lot of new furniture because, obviously, like, your couches have been uh, uh, lived in quite a bit. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. Not even, they're not even originally from here. They're from freaking Lindsay's house. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, cheers to free furniture. <laughs> yep, that's, we just all take turns using them. <laughs> Jordan, we're down to your favorite topic of sports. How are you feeling about the sports uh, game this year? Well, I got to tell you, Nick, my source of sports news is this podcast. So <laughs> I can tell you about the sports I heard from last week. <laughs> well, we can start with those because those games just resolved themselves. Oh, okay. All right. So the, let me let me try to uh, catch you up to what I know what's happening in the sports world. Okay. Let's hear All right. Um, college football is over. Yep. NFL is in its playoffs. And I assume that's the most important thing in sports right now, at least to an American audience. Yes, we uh, are in the conference championship games of the NFL. There are three football games left. Okay. All right. So, uh, let's see. Then uh, then one of the conference championships is over then, right? Or, no, oh, wait, they, one, we, two, they and just then did the, the divisional Bowl. round. Gotcha. So, there was, okay. there was four games last week or on Sunday or Saturday and Sunday. Now, there's going to be two more on Sunday and then mm-hmm. two weeks from then the Super Bowl. Okay. And so, that's uh, football and playoffs. And then, let's see, NHL, I have no fucking clue what's going on. NHL? Uh, well, first of all, I have a gripe about the NHL today. Oh, oh yeah? There's the well, re- we'll, let's circle back to that. Okay. And then, uh, I gotta, I gotta like, you know, touch back on my other areas. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, so, f- basketball, no fucking clue what's going on with that. Oh, I got something uh, to talk baseball? about with that today, too. <laughs> and then baseball, um, oh, wait, well, it's winter, baseball's not playing. I have no idea with that. Well, actually, what we should start with is baseball, because this is something that you don't have to be a fan of the game to have an opinion on. Oh, okay. Um, they just, uh, I believe yesterday, they just had their annual Hall of Fame writers vote. But there are certain baseball players that uh, have been completely blacklisted from the Hall of Fame. This was their last chance to get in, and it's a big controversy of it. Were they canceled? No. It was the steroid era, so the likes of Barry Bonds, mm-hmm. Mark McGuire, mm-hmm. Kurt Schilling, right. and David Ortiz were all getting like voted on. Okay, and David Ortiz got in when, even though he did steroids, but he had a good relationship with the media. Mm-hmm. Barry Bonds been completely blacklisted. Kurt Schilling, um, uh, whoever the other people I've said, but uh, I'm not the biggest baseball fan. Well, that comes to the argument. Should these players that have been on steroids that changed the game, made it more popular, made it like super impressive, and hold all the records, should they be blacklisted from the Hall of Fame? Are you asking me that question? Yes. It's a big question to answer. Um, so on one side, uh, you have the, what you just said, like uh-huh. where they actually were culturally impactful for the sport, making people bring it in, and they're part of that history. And then the other side is that they're fucking juicers. Yes. Um, Even so, though they did induct David Ortiz, who did test positive for yeah. steroids, but he had a great relationship with the media. Yeah. So I, I got to say, like, if you have one guy in, you got to let them all in. I mean, what's done is done. Uh, all you can do is just, like, you know, put an asterisk on it and move on. Yeah. I, I, 
I think everyone was okay with that. I don't see the point of blacklisting them. There's also somebody that didn't test positive for steroids that clearly should have been in that isn't in, but he was like an asshole or something. But if you go back into the Hall of Fame histories, there are people that are like fucking extremely racist and mm. extremely poor to the media, but, you know, different errors or mm. whatnot. But, like, I tend to think that you should probably put this on um, uh, their careers and, like, their importance to baseball, not just because they uh, cheated or whatnot. They made baseball exciting, so I think they should all be in in a it's long a, shot. Yeah, it's a Hall of Fame. Uh, it's like they left a mark on the whole industry. Yeah. So... You know, they're part of, like, the history. Something that you look back and that, that they're a notable figure. Like, imagine leaving Tom Brady out of the NFL Hall of Fame for deflating footballs one year. Mm, I mean, that was pretty uh, horrendous, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, those footballs, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to let that go. But yeah, I'm, I mean, obviously, it would be pretty dumb. Uh, I can't imagine that there is much... Um, foresight on making that decision because I feel like it's just going to be like revoked. Also, why are the why are the sports writers, the baseball writers, the ones that, that decide this? I've never really understood that. Um, maybe that's how all the Hall of Fames are. I don't know for sure. Um, but yeah, no, that's a good question. Uh, it sounds also dumb as fuck. You should probably have former players be doing it or something. It's their Hall of Fame, not <laughs> not the writers. You yeah, know? I mean. Not why why stop there? Bring the fans in, too. Right. Uh, maybe even the owners. But, well, the dangerous you know, thing about bringing the thing. fans in is there was one time baseball, like, baseball used to do their mm-hmm. um, uh, all-star games based on fan voting. And one time the Kansas City Royals and all their fans got their entire team on it just by, like, massive online voting. Oh, wow. <laughs> that happened in hockey, too. There was... Um, yeah. There oh, was, that one guy. Yeah. The, I, I can't even remember his name. I think it was Kyle. <laughs> they voted Kyle on, and Kyle like did like actually pretty decent. He was like considered he had, the like, worst a ha- player. He had, like a hat trick in like their three on three tournament, I believe. Yeah, it was. But then they left him out of the actual game, I believe, because they knew it was like kind of a joke, which is which is stupid. Why make that rule and then change it? Yeah, I mean it's all, it's all star game. It's there for fanfare. It, mm. it strictly exists to please the fans. Right. So do do whatever. Do like have them on. Fucking motorcycles and like shooting flamethrowers. Yeah, would, basketball's it got is. it set. That's what they do for their dunk dunk contest. They're dunking over cars <laughs> and shit. I mean, I mean the it, glory days of that are gone. But yeah, I mean, oh really? They mm. don't do that anymore. Yeah, they do. Just no one cares. What else? How many more things can you dunk over? You know. Oh well, I mean, you could just be driving a monster truck and dunk in there. There's a there's an idea right there. I just <laughs> off the top of the dome right there. So. I mean, it's a little disappointing. I kind of like the outlandishness of the did, All-Star games. It, I, was, it was kind of Without it getting it. incredibly dangerous, I don't see how you can top what they've already done. But if it does get like incredibly <laughs> dangerous, it does up it a lot. And then if you see like a big name in there, you're like, oh, I'm tuning in for this shit. Honestly, get rid of the All-Star games. They're all kind of stupid. The worst one is the NFLs, which is coming up in two weeks. And no one fucking watches that. I... Didn't know there was one. <laughs> it's, called, it's called the Pro Bowl, and like, and then I understand them not trying the most. Like, I understand them not trying in any of the All Star games because, like, why most of them happen mid season. Mm-hmm. NFL is the only one that happens after like the season. Like, every game's played except for the Super Bowl. Um, 
So, like, if players get hurt, like, it's not a big deal. But mm-hmm. they don't try. No one wants to hurt each other. Right. If the other games are happening mid-season, so why are they going to risk anything to get, you know, a potential ruin the, their team's season? Because, you know, most of these players are on good teams, you know? I I actually wholeheartedly agree. Um, I think it with that argument that you uh, – since it, it's zero stakes, uh, it, it's strictly just a money grab, and – uh, I mean, what benefit are the players getting out of this other than risking ending their career on another game? Yeah. So baseball uh, is the only one that had a slight advantage because whoever won the All Star game got home field advantage. Whoever conference won got home field advantage in the World Series. Okay. Which is stupid. No, I I, I think that is stupid, but at least it is something. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way you make them, if you want these games to be competitive, you got to have a sizable monetary advantage. Like mm-hmm. you got to be paying each player like a million and a half dollars or something. Yeah, I mean, if they're drawing the numbers, and then, then don't invite for it. And then don't invite the top-tier players. Invite the the players that aren't making these giant contracts, you know, that are still really good. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be my... That's my suggestion, but um, get rid of them all until you figure it out. Yeah. Um, but baseball, we are in the... I What I think are the dying ages of baseball, and we have been for a while, and right now they are currently not even talking to each other as in the players and the owners because they're in a lockout right now. So there's a good chance that we're not going to have baseball this season. So uh, what? Um, catch me up. What's a lockout? So there needs to be like an agreement between the players' association and the owners. Mm-hmm. Like that's similar for all sports. Um, there was I don't know if you were if you remember like back in like 2005, the NHL had an actual entire season holdout lockout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they didn't play. Mm-hmm. Like this is uh, the closest thing to that that's happened so in a long time. Um, with baseball and the owners because it's just uh everything everything is stupid in baseball right right now because there's no salary cap um, which is good for the players bad for the owners and bad for fans and uh they also don't know where they're going forward because they are terrible at marketing their product their product first of all is boring and shit like this with the hall of fame is happening uh so yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know a lot about it um because it hasn't really come up yet because it's still the baseball off season mm-hmm. and but we're probably going to miss spring training i can't imagine something happening like the nfl almost had a lockout um uh, either last year or the year before or i'm sorry the nfl did i say nfl um i i, I think you might have. football but i knew i knew what you're talking about <laughs> um but the the owners got the players to agree to their terms by saying they're not going to test for weed anymore okay <laughs> <laughs> which affects a lot of like all the players but kind of hurts the superstar players for getting more money but so with baseball uh not having a season possibly mm-hmm. i shed a single tear i think that might be the end of their sport like good it, let's it, bring in some more like um you know european football and some soccer into like yeah. our mainstream sports because there's so much more energy behind that mm-hmm. than that we have with baseball like you said it's like it's hard to market a, a boring sport I right. mean, there's a lot of skill and a lot of love people have for, like, uh, a great pass. Let them do steroids. But, but, A, let them do steroids. <laughs> Those are the only times, like, the sport was, like, its most entertaining is when people are smashing home runs. I remember watching Barry Bonds' and, home run, and I couldn't imagine watching a baseball game right now. No, yeah, and, like, uh, you know how, like, people watch TV or, like, have background television, mm-hmm. uh, and they're, they're on their phone? That's the baseball's equivalent of that. Like, the perfect sport for just being on your phone the entire time. Yeah. And then you just peek up every now and again and watch maybe, like, 
uh, three and a half seconds of actual sp- uh, like sportsmanship, and then you're like, oh, no, back to TikTok, and then, and then back to TikTok, <laughs> yeah, where you're just probably watching highlights of other like sports that you know have more energy and yeah. value to them. <laughs> I mean, look at uh, have you you know the you know cricket, uh, the sport of cricket has reinvented itself like a dozen times in the past like generation of players. Mm-hmm. It's and it's still a lot like baseball. It's it, yeah, it's very much like baseball, and it's modernized. <laughs> it's trying to engage the audience. I mean, if something like crickets had to adapt, maybe it's fucking time American baseball adapts as well. And and uh, it, and it's the most reluctant too, because of how much history is in the game and how much you don't want to change it. Yeah, which is annoying, but. Fuck. I, I think it is. What I it think is. cricket's an older game than baseball is, and, right? And there's probably more history to that. It's just you know this is American history. Yeah. You can't <laughs> can't miss American history, even though it's been. Uh, I mean the the NHL lockout killed hockey for a long time. Like it killed it for me personally. Like I was the biggest mm-hmm. hockey fan. Then I had a it's a whole season of it. Fell in love with basketball and football, and uh, am just now getting back into hockey. Like now I now I fucking love hockey right now and it, part of it's to do with the the young Red Wings uh, doing good and having two of like the the best rookies right now. Yeah. Um. But you know if that wasn't happening, I don't. I mean I love the NHL playoffs, but before I don't I don't really watch NHL. Like I can't just watch an NHL game. Like the, I can't football and basketball. Well, the sport of hockey itself is like so lively and high energy. Mm. Um, like the playoffs mm. in particular are one of the best sports playoffs. I, like, I, I will tune in for that. I don't watch a single like regular season game, but I'll watch mm-hmm. the playoffs because that's like the only sport I can think of where whatever seed you are in the, the tournament, you can be like the 12th seed or like 8th seed, yeah. uh, and then you can end up winning, and it happens frequently. It can happen in hockey. It can happen in football. It's a little more rare. It's yeah. It's but rare right, in other sports. It'll never happen in basketball. Though. Basketball will. It will never happen. And never. <laughs> I but mean, ba- basketball is my favorite sport. But yeah. like, there's just so much top seeded talent. Yeah. And it's just like when wherever you're ranked in the season, it's very likely to go in that favor. Um, yeah. Um, and then bring bringing it back to football, we just had the the what everyone unanimously says is the most exciting weekend of football every year is the divisional round of the playoffs. And this mm-hmm. is one of the most exciting divisional rounds ever because every single game w- was won on a last second play as the time expired. Oh, cool. Which hasn't happened in a long time. Um, so uh, I, I th- the Rams are in the conference The Rams, right? Matt Stafford and the Rams beat okay. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers yeah. on – a last second field goal after Tom Brady tied the game game up, leaving Stafford only like forty seconds left to drive the field. He did and got the game winning field goal, um, which broke my heart because I I'm, I don't want Stafford to win. Not because I don't like Stafford, but because we own the Rams draft pick next year. So the better they do, the worse that draft pick is. Mm-hmm. So uh, go San Francisco, who beat the evil Packers <laughs> in a game that the Packers only scored ten points. And I don't know if you watch uh, any of. The going going sons with Aaron Rodgers during this season, the anti-vax stuff. Yeah, where yeah. he lied to everyone. They asked if he was vaccinated, and he said, "I'm immu- immunized," mm-hmm. which is just bullshit. Like yeah. saying he took some fucking Joe Rogan type of. Uh, yeah, he <laughs> took some dewormer. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> and now he's out there on the Pat McAfee show saying that everyone in the country was rooting against him just because of his vaccination status. 
which is bullshit because there's also on the other side Josh Allen and the Bills. He, Josh Allen's not vaccinated. People are rooting it like hell for him mm-hmm. to beat the Chiefs, um, even though they didn't. We'll talk about that game in a second. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, little bitch, probably not coming back to Green Bay, which is going to be great for the Lions. Yeah, because <laughs> they're saying, they're in our division, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the main reasons Stafford is hasn't won a division until this year, when he's not in Detroit. Right. But, like going against one of the best quarterbacks ever throughout his entire career uh, is tough, especially when you're with one of the worst organizations Mm -hmm. in, if not the worst organization in sports history. I mean, yeah, it's pretty, it's got to feel pretty hopeless being (laughs) mad during his tenure in the lions. Yeah. I I feel very, I actually, I have re re renewed um, uh, joy in the lions Mm -hmm. because it's a new era. Our coach is kind of fun now. And, uh, you know, let's let's just move forward. Did we beat, be hey, fan. didn't we beat Green Bay? We did when they were resting Aaron Rodgers and a lot of their starters. <laughs> oh, okay, the that makes the sense. Season. That makes sense. Okay, but we did so beat the Arizona Cardinals when they were the number one seed okay. and the best team in the league. Okay, and then Green Bay was up there as well, obviously. Green Bay ended up taking the number one seed yeah. on the NFC, but lost to the San Francisco 49ers who are starting a quarterback that is on par with our quarterback, the Lions, right now. And then how many games did the Lions win this year? Three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so we beat the two top seed teams. Yep. Well, the asterisk over the Green Bay one. Um, yep. But and we the lose Vikings. Everything else. And we tied. We had one tie, so we tied another playoff team in the Pittsburgh right, Steelers. Right, and ties are incredibly rare in football. Yep. Yeah. There was only one this year, and we were involved, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're if there is uh, something record breaking. Uh, and, and not a good way. It's always the Lions are involved. It always is. I was at that game where Justin Tucker kicked the field goal this year that was the record-setting field goal Oh wait, to that, win the game. That was like back in like September, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, that, um, I, I just, yeah. We all gathered around my friend's phone. He's like, the Lions are actually going to win something. And we had like 10 people gather around mm. a single phone, and then we're all waiting for it. And then it's like, there's no way they're going to make this. Yeah, like the the longest field goal in NFL history. Yeah. And just doinks right in. I'm, I'm there. I'm like, yep, yeah, it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> oh, wow. I yeah. was with the Ravens fan, too, and she was very happy. So <laughs> it, It's got to be. Um, there's got to be a movie about the Lions. There needs to be a 30 for like, 30, like like the ESPN documentaries that they make. Like, There's got to be one of the Lions suffering. Sense. That would be good. I feel like uh, a nonfiction or like based in reality fiction type uh you can't comedy. write a better uh, you can't write a better fiction about the life but it takes actual stories it, like actually oh, does like a, a historical moment. fiction type yeah thing. <laughs> so it's just like you know a little bit of a twist on there yeah like have uh some people be representing reality and then like have some people be a little bit fictitious mm. like honestly as someone who just like watches from afar it's entertaining as fuck <laughs> you know you know the- i don't have much stake in it so it's it's fun you know, I, be- uh, I believe this is true, and I could be talking good. out of my ass. Yeah, I think the Lions are the only team ever to have a player die on the field because of a hit. Oh, really? I think so. I don't. I, I did not bring my phone in. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Let me Google that real quick. But um, you know, it's craziness the amount of the, the amount of the shit that happens to the Lions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, on the other side, we had uh, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals beat. Uh, Tennessee, uh, which I was rooting for. They're my team I'm rooting for right now is uh, Cincinnati because other before this playoff started, 
Cincinnati was the longest uh, the the longest drought of winning a playoff game. Mm-hmm. So they just won two of them now. So now that makes the Lions the longest team to win a playoff game. <laughs> wait, wait. So um, run me through. Well, who are the the teams in the in the finals right now? It's uh, so uh, right Rams. now we have uh, we're gonna have San Francisco at Los Angeles Rams. Okay. Uh, and then we're going to have Cincinnati at the Kansas City Chiefs. And I want to talk about this game for a okay. second. Okay. Um, the Chiefs and the Bills, uh, the Buffalo Bills just played probably the most exciting I've ever seen. Um, that w- it, was inc- it was crazy. There was three lead changes in the last three minutes, which never fucking happens, and it went to overtime. And this is what I want to talk about, what people are talking about. And you're a, an innocent bystander in this. I'm innocent. <laughs> innocent as fuck. The NFL overtime rules have come into question. Because you start the overtime with a coin flip. Okay. Whoever wins the coin flip gets the ball. Sounds fair. The Chiefs won the coin flip. Mm-hmm. Whoever gets the ball, if they score a touchdown, the game's over. Oh, all right. So it pretty much brings it down to a coin flip. If they kick like. a field goal, the other team gets the ball back with a chance to kick a field goal or score, and the game's over. Okay. If they kick a field goal, the other team that gets it gets it back, then its next score wins no matter what. But this game was all offense. Every every drive, like pretty much, they were scoring and scoring, and it came down to like three touchdowns right in the last second or whatnot. And uh, Chiefs got the ball, drove right in the field, and won, breaking the hearts of Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, who everyone wanted to win because we've seen the Chiefs for so long. And mm-hmm. Josh Allen is the next rising star, and looked really good. Um, is that a fair way to decide one of the most important games in uh, in in the season? I don't know. Um... I don't know what else you would do. I mean, it's, on paper, it definitely sounds fair. Um, I mean, kind of. Uh, if you score a touchdown and that's all that's said and done and there's no rebuttal, it kind of sucks. Yeah, no rebuttal sucks. I, I think you would have to uh, kind of have, uh, well, uh, a beer pong type uh, over time. You just gave me an idea. They actually play beer pong <laughs> in the middle of the field. No, keep the rules the same, but the team if the if the team that scores a touchdown on the first drive, if they want the game to end, they have to go for a two point conversion. That's exactly what I'm trying to get at. Like with death the, cup. Yeah. So like if um it's just Ooh, I gotta call into the radio you station. Bowl, tomorrow. <laughs> you uh you get like, you know, both you and your partner get the same cup and you get balls back on the last cup. It's over. No rebuttal because you did something impressive. You did something above and beyond yeah. to seal the deal, right? Mm. So, I mean, if the other team can, um, like, prevent you from getting a two-point conversion, I feel like they deserve a rebuttal, right? Yeah. So if they don't, then they don't. They don't get that. I, it's That's a simple solution. So yeah. that could work. I like it. I like it. That would ha- that would that would make a lot of people happy because a lot of the concerns about like giving both teams the ball back as a chance is it's going to take the game on too long and it's a very physical game. Yeah. So I, like I people's mean, bodies are getting hurt for that long. Just just scoring a touchdown uh, and then ending it there. I mean something that that's part of the game, right? Is just scoring touchdowns and who can get the more points out of that. Right. It, it feels uh, incomplete. You know, I'm sure that's probably where a lot of the uh, outcry is coming from. Is people just yeah, feel because like the, they feel blue ball, they feel unsatisfied. Patrick Mahomes got the ball in overtime, and Josh Allen didn't give it a chance to try. Mm-hmm. Even he just like drove the field to like it was an incredible game. But yeah, so Kansas City prevails, and they will face uh, Cincinnati in Arrowhead, um, uh, which is Kansas City Stadium, and they will probably be the biggest favorites of the weekend. 
Um, even though Kansas City did beat them to the second to last week of the regular season, I believe. Yeah. Well, I would love, based on what I've learned on this podcast, uh, for the Bengals and the Rams to meet up in the Super Bowl. I want the Bengals and the 49ers to meet up because fuck the Rams. I want the Lions to have a better draft pick. <laughs> well, yeah, and th- there's that. But, you know, uh, to have, uh, like, the Rams, like, come from, like, they weren't even in the playoffs in recent memory. Have they been? Yeah, they've always been. Even, oh, they, even when even when they had Jared Goff, the current Lions oh quarterback. Where were the Rams before they were in L.A.? Uh, they were in St. Louis. That's probably where my knowledge of the Rams comes <laughs> from. <laughs> well, the Rams were also, in the early 2000s, the Rams were really good when they had Kurt Warner. And they won a Super Bowl, actually. Okay. The, the Super Bowl before Tom Brady's first Super Bowl. They were in back-to-back years, and... Uh, I think I might be I might be getting that a little bit wrong, but um, uh, then Tom Brady beat the Rams, the greatest show on turf. <laughs> I think it was the Rams. But I, I might be getting this wrong. I don't know. Well, my ranking of teams in the NFL are completely off because my knowledge on it is based off of NFL Blitz from 2001. <laughs> so <laughs> it might Blitzo. be a little outdated. <laughs> you mean the Denver Broncos aren't the best team in the league right now? <laughs> no, they are not. <laughs> mm. But they did win a Super Bowl recently. Um, but, yeah, it's all it's all coming down to this. So you're you, – you, I guess you don't have, have an idea of who you think is going to win versus who you want to win, right? Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I look at the color that looks best. Or I, <laughs> I talk to the person who, who knows what's going on. I ask them, who has the best story? Because they should be the king. Root for radio, <laughs> baby. That's what, that's Whoever what has I the like. best story should be the king of Westeros. Yeah, well, Stafford going to the, to the Super Bowl would be a good story for the NFL because you know he's been in, talked about name forever. But it's just going to be – I just don't want to see all this – Things about the Lions and their ineptitude on, in, during the Super Bowl because that will be brought up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, well, hey, you know what? Tom, uh, uh, Matt Stafford uh, winning would be a great story, but the Bengals also winning. Great story. So yeah. that's why I want them to match up. Yeah, Joe Burrow. Uh, I don't care if young, quarter, young quarterback uh, for the Bengals who was a cast off of Ohio State, went to LSU, had the perfect season, mm-hmm. won the championship, who is throwing to their rookie wide receiver, Jamar Chase, who played with him in college, and uh, is, is probably the rookie of the year. Um, so that's a great story. Um, but Seminole. 49ers would be a great story mm-hmm. um, because Garoppolo, ever, Garoppolo uh, the 49ers uh, traded like their, they mortgaged their future to tr- trade up and draft to the third pick to draft a quarterback who hasn't started all year um, because he's not NFL ready yet. But like basically signaling that this is probably Jimmy Garoppolo's last year in San Francisco. But that's going to be a really hard decision for them to make if they win the Super Bowl with him. So there's that storyline. And then you got Patrick Mahomes, who lost the Super Bowl to Tom Brady last year, would be one of the first teams to three-peat a Super Bowl in a, in a, in a long time. Um, Since Tom Brady. I don't even know if Tom Brady ever three-peated. Hmm. There hasn't been a back-to-back Super Bowl since like 2004 and five with Tom Brady, um, or at least at least Super Bowl championship, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so then you know they would be back and they were struggling midseason, and then we got the young Joe Burrow. That would be exciting, and it's the Bengals who have never won. I believe the Bengals are the only team left that have never won a Super Bowl out of all these franchises. Right. So yeah, we got stories galore. Um, Stella, whatever you're doing over there, stop it. 
No. She's uh she's growling at your coffee table. Or she's growling at this wig. I don't think so. Oh well. So you're a good girl. Don't worry about what Nick says. <laughs> but um uh, before we move on to the next aspect of this, um uh something crazy happened in basketball last night relating to the Pistons. Yeah. Cade Cunningham, our rookie phenom, who is destined to win rookie of the year. Scored 34 points, had eight rebounds and eight assists. What position? Four blocks. He's a point guard. Oh, my God. Um, And he's the only rookie to ever do this except for one other rookie. Michael Jordan. That's correct. Mm. (laughs) Your namesake. (laughs) (laughs) It is true. I am Jordan Michael. (laughs) Right? That is is your name, right? It is. Jordan Michael Lang. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, So Pistons Futures is just got a new... uh, a new strategy today, or not strategy, um, a new hope to, for life. They have this, because we had the first overall pick, and he kind of like, uh, it's, he, he's had a little bit of a struggle coming on, but now he is just playing like an all-star. What's his name? Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham. And he's he was the first overall pick, and we got yep. him. Yeah, we won the lottery. Okay, so this is like a Darko Milicic situation almost. Well, that was the second pick we had when we got Darko. Oh, okay. That's who the first was. All right, well, that's Fear a good number two, entertainment. The first pick that year was LeBron James, and we missed it by one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then and, we saw Darko in a workout when we were supposed to draft Carmelo Anthony or Dwayne Wade, which we would have won multiple championships with if we would have drafted them. But we picked Darko. Well, think about it, because we won anyways. Just one, though. And we came to the finals... And then uh, we also we were, dominated without without this amazing resource that we yeah. had at the second overall pick. Like we could have picked Carmelo, Dwayne Wade, or like Chris Bosh, and we would have all we would have just like we would have we would have just ruined the league for a while with everyone we already had. Yeah, I mean, I guess Carmelo would have replaced Tayshawn. I don't know if uh, I think all those players were already on the team. Um, yeah, but Tayshawn just would have been the sixth man. He would have been like the uh, Antonio McDice. God, could you imagine? What if we had Antonio McDice and Tayshawn as like the sixth and seventh man? Yeah. Like that would have been, we would have been unstoppable. And we also had Lindsey Hunter too. Yeah. yeah. Lindsey Hunter was, uh, you know, he was on his way out. He was, you know, a long time Piston player. We would have won a championship without one of the best players ever to play, ever having to play for us. <laughs> <laughs> and then they could have, they could have taken us into the next spot. Yeah, Man, but anyways, yeah, that, that that era of Detroit Pistons is long gone. Uh, it's hey, missed. We're, we're, we're on it the was way amazing. Back. It was amazing. You just got to appreciate for what it was and smile for what you had. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, on to entertainment. Jordan, what have you been fucking with these days? Ooh. Um. Here, hand me that. I'm gonna need that. Um. So let's see. Um, I've been trying to catch up with what's popular, what people are talking about. Pretty bad at uh, watching stuff, but uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, Succession. Um, Ooh, I um, have not started that okay. yet. But that's one of the most I got some shows. I got that, some notes that, that I've heard about. Right, that's why I kind of I just like tuned it on and figured. Have it, you, are you caught up? I'm not 100% caught up. I am. I started watching it maybe a week or so ago, 
whenever you know I got back into Dearborn, I just set up my TV and it's like, all right, I just gotta have something on. So I'm halfway through season three, which is the most recent season. So I would probably be caught up tomorrow based on based on the current pace I'm at. And if I had to give like someone who hasn't seen it uh, analysis, it's kind of like corporate Game of Thrones. Uh, and it it works really well. I know um, Adam McKay uh, and Will Ferrell are producers on the show, so there's a lot of that. Like, um, really? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they're like, they're Will Ferrell. Surprisingly enough, is politically like uh, aware of things. He just doesn't make his like public persona tied to it as much. Um, and like, he's also really good and close with Adam McKay. Who, yeah. Um, you know, he's known for Wait, all that. Who's Adam McKay? Adam McKay, uh, he wrote The Big Short, and then he also directed it as a film. Okay. And then uh, he, he's more... Uh, he's Is he an actor? Uh, he he has acted in some of his films, I, I think. I can't even put a face to him, so I can't tell you for okay. sure. But he, you know, he's known for comedies. He, um, he did Talladega Nights, uh, Step Brothers... Uh, Anchorman. Wait, is Succession a comedy? It's a dramedy. Uh, is it's, it? Yeah, so it's like one of those comedies that you watch it for the drama, and the comedy just kind of ties you over so you don't get like lost in like the nonsense. Because um, I rarely laugh out loud, but when I do, it's it's pretty uh, genuine, and it just kind of like caught me off guard. But the the jokes like are breathe through your nose, say in your head, that's funny, and like. You know, you you're drawn in because of what is happening in the political uh, aspects of this family. Yeah. So is it like is it like it's not like Veep or anything, right? Uh, it's not Veep level of comedy. That's a straight comedy. Okay. Uh, and then I that's a comedra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, com- Could you relate yeah. it to a show? Uh, yeah, Game of Thrones, but in the corporate sense, um, like. You know, Game of Thrones had humor. Well, what's another dramedy? Oh, uh, Breaking Bad. Um, do you watch Breaking, Breaking Bad? Bad is not, I would not call that a dramedy. It's the definition where the term dramedy came from, really. Uh, people, uh, like, didn't have that phrase until Breaking Bad, like, was around. I'm sure people might have used it like, or said it, but it was it did not become part of the public uh, discourse until Breaking Bad, I would say. So, Breaking Bad hands down is a like what? a perfect example of a dramedy it is a hardcore drama I believe you look it up uh, it's a hardcore drama and like they sprinkle in that comedy like they they don't want you to feel like, like this is at least according to well, vince gilligan is the first one <laughs> uh when you type in dramedy yeah <laughs> um so uh, okay so i can see some of these like um uh, barry you ever watch barry yeah yeah, that's but, definitely a dramedy. So I, yeah, so uh, the the weeds. Wouldn't you say weeds is more of a comedy? Uh, I never saw weeds, but Barry is, yeah, Barry is. It's kind of like a okay dark I, comedy. Barry is. It's, I get. I mean, I don't know how Brooklyn Nine Nine is a drama or dramedy, but. So I think I don't there's see, a reverse. I don't see any kind of um. Uh, I don't see Breaking Bad on here. Oh really? That's yeah, interesting. No. So. Um, well, that's where I first heard the phrase, uh, was actually on, uh, a Breaking Bad podcast, uh, when the first season one, uh, it's like, 
Schitt's uh, Creek is not a line. Oh, maybe Schitt's Creek is. Um, so I think there's I, a there's like a reverse. That's like a little sitcom. Maybe, I think maybe there's like a little web to all these. I things. think there's an inverse to a dramedy, mm-hmm. uh, which you know, like it's a comedy with drama sprinkled in. So mm-hmm. that's how I feel about like Better Call Saul or something like uh, Weeds or Barry even, uh, where it's first and foremost at its face it's a comedy, and then oh, Barry uh, is, they I have feel some like it's drama. More of a drama. I think Barry's more of a dark comedy. Okay. Because there is yeah, there yeah, is guess. some hilarious <laughs> shit going on. Like and it's straight up uh like uh setup and punchline type jokes. And it's mm. it's um it it has drama, but a lot of it has to do with it just kind of getting like really serious and involving death and it gets yeah, kind of yeah. dark. Thinking about it more I've only watched it through once, but thinking about it more like, yeah, you're right. It is it it's got a lot of comedic elements to it. it, it well yeah succession it, i did not this is not how I, I expected this is gonna make me watch it more because it sounds a little bit easier to watch yeah so um there honestly is a lot that they are just like talking about back and forth and it seems kind of culturally relevant so i, I don't know how someone's gonna feel looking back at this show in like 10 years from now yeah. um but it kind of just like it, even if you don't understand a single word of the jargon, like going back and forth, because there's a lot of like corporate speak going on. Right. And like half the time it's like, what the fuck are these people even saying? They're like talking another language. It doesn't matter because they do a, like a, uh, they do some cinematography or a camera work to make you understand and like lay, later in some music to make you understand what, who is, uh, who is being impacted? What are they feeling and what that sets up for? So you could um, enjoy the show having like zero knowledge of any of this stuff. They make it, they they dumb it down in the right areas. Yeah. So I I kind of been watching it like in the background a little bit, mm-hmm. and I still follow along pretty well what's going on. Um, I would say season one is a little slow, and people say like, oh, episode three is where it gets start started, and it's like it kind of it just is what it is and it's, it's like, it's like generally like... keeps you entertained enough and then the like you know there's big cliffhangers at per season mm-hmm. and then i would say season two they definitely step up the the humor element a lot more than yeah. uh, season one you know like with any show it's those first three episodes that's like what's going to retain people or it yeah it's a make or break point way. Yeah, it's funny that uh, in your recent podcast episodes, you've been saying about three seasons with the yeah. TV show. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree because I've, ha- I've had that philosophy since uh, Lost and like 30 Rock and yeah, Arrested not Development. Penny's boat, baby. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's like the point where the show has uh, its, I don't know, I, <laughs> um, it, they, they like kind of... Gr- Hmm. What what's the what? I can, there's a word for it. It's like their thesis statement for what they are. Yeah. They like what have? Are we going anywhere in a in a good direction? Or are we not? Like, uh, I don't know if you gave this example before, but Dexter. Yep, that was the Trinity Killer. Right, and then it like that's. But wait, no, is there, that was season. It's was like the turning four? point in season the show. Four, I think, in Dexter. Oh, you're right. The one was season three. That's been so long. So we had the ice. I truck think that killer. is season three, uh, ice truck killer, and then it was Dokes. Um, Dokes like get, getting onto Dexter pretty much, 
And then uh, season three, I think, was the, the Trinity Killer. What's oh wait, that was the one the the DA guy. The um the he was he was Mexican. He had a mustache. He seemed very out of yeah. place. Poorly like that show had probably some of the worst casting. <laughs> you been watching New Blood? No, no. I only I, watched the first episode, and I heard it gets better, but it's like, oh god, I, I can't. Watch I thought like again. Dexter couldn't get any worse after season five, and apparently it did. I I I, I, I hate it season six, and I hate it season eight. But I really oh like season, season six seven. season six is what I I thought it couldn't get any worse than because season five is the one with Tom Hanks son. Is it? Yeah. I don't even know who Tom. No, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I'm, I'm. Season we're, six we're was like the one that was randomly religious. Season. Yeah, there. Then they're, season seven was the one where Deb finds out, and then I really liked that season because, like, I've been, you know, you've been waiting on pins and needles for people to find out about Dexter. Yeah, and if someone finally does, and then they never wrap it up in the right way. Yeah, it's like uh, they dragged it out way too long. Uh, so it kind of lost interest uh, for a lot of the fan base. Mm. But yeah, like 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 I had been saying, like you know, yeah. Uh, I mean, Breaking Bad season three that was my favorite season finale, at least. Like, yeah, the climax of it. Like I really liked series finale or season finale. Yeah, season finale of season okay. three, like yeah. when you don't know if Jesse shot the guy or not, mm. Gail. Yeah, you assumed he did, but um, uh, and that whole part where they're gonna kill Hank and then he has this brilliant way to where they can't. <laughs> mm-hmm. um i you know lost that was probably the 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 best episode of the show i think was uh, uh through the look yeah yeah glass. not penny's boat man yeah like i rem- like and you find out it's a fuck the the whole flashback scene has actually been a flash forward like genius i lost did such a, a number on me uh in like high school oh trust me everyone knows it did on me <laughs> well you're the one who recommended the show to me have you been, did you watch Yellow Jackets? Did we no. talk about this? No, no, no. I, I mean, I've heard you talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. it's about some um, some undefeated uh, like high school soccer team, and they yeah. get, get stuck on an island. Not an Cannibal, island. Uh, they, where do they get stuck? They get stuck somewhere in like uh, northern Canada. Oh, okay. And like, there's snow in Antarctic. It's it's just like yeah, it's just the wilderness. Okay. And then cannibalism is somewhat involved. Yeah, you, you know, you know. Then the first, the first, the, literally the first thing. So that's not a spoiler, everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is what I've heard from like just generally people that are like they did some fucked up shit. But they do like, like what like, cannibalism, and it's like, well, yeah, it's, but that's a spoiler. It's like, oh well, I mean, <laughs> they're bouncing back from two timelines. That's why like I relate it to loss, even though it's like loss is more character centric between the bounce backs that's what they, they like the as the person was describing it um they were saying like yeah there, there's like flashbacks back and forth like oh so it's it's very much lost like and they're like well i never watched lost but i like this and i'm like mm, yeah well lost, lost the lost, lost flashbacks like they don't progress the, i mean they progress the story but they, they don't progress the story they progress the character yeah like these flashbacks are just like it takes place in two different timelines so it's not necessarily flashbacks mm-hmm it's like just two parallel timelines intersecting. Yeah, I might I might circle back to the Yellow Jackets. You should. Um, it, it it's really good. Okay, if you give it a seal of approval, I'll just have to find a way to get show times. Yeah, well, you can get it for free for thirty days. I've used that like four times. <laughs> well, then you can get it for ninety nine cents for the first two months. 
and I don't think you commit to anything after that. Oh well, um, you just got to remember to cancel. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably just torrent it. That's <laughs> or, or or that. Yeah. Um, now uh, allegedly torrent it. Uh, so uh, another show um, that I don't know if you've um, have seen, uh, but I I love it. It's uh, Ted Lasso. I have seen it. Ted I'm Lasso. Completely caught up. Ted Lasso is one of the best shows to come out you watch both seasons yeah 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 okay yeah so it's it's a like funny b that's a dramedy i don't i don't know how much drama you can say that is actually in there uh what are you talking about i mean there's drama sure like i mean what else was going to gather keep your attention for like a progressing story so you got like you know with character development i mean that's all there I mean that's just good storytelling in general. I mean you don't call is a dramedy pit. just like a just like um uh, a show that has comedy influences not a sit, sitcom. Right. So it's essentially it's a drama that has comedy intentionally involved. So you are more like uh you know attached to what these characters are doing. Right. It makes it easier to watch. So I mean, I'm gonna look Pixar movies, definition. you know, children's animation, I, or well, I shouldn't say children's, like you know, family-based like animation movies, like you see from Pixar or Disney Animation Studios, they all have drama in them. Just because you have drama and comedy existing in the same space doesn't make it a dramedy. That's literally what the definition is. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like so, literally everything. <laughs> literally everything's a dramedy. All right. Well, if um, if it helps. Um, I break it down personally as something that is you're there for the drama and then there just happens to be comedy along the way. I would say you're there for Ted Lasso for the comedy element. It was literally written like, you know, like as a pitch or a, a commercial for the NBC hosting the Premier League championships. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, wait, then why is it on Apple plus? So, um, who, um, Jason Sudeikis, yes. Ted Lasso. He wrote uh, a, a sketch for NBC. You know, he was part, a big part of SN, uh, SNL, which is on NBC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he wrote a sketch commercial advertisement thing uh, for when they were hosting the Premier League. Uh, and it was uh, like a coach for like one of the Premier teams, named, and his name was Ted Lasso. And he was an American football coach who was brought on uh, for – who knows what reasons for reasons of comedy. And then he literally is playing the Ted Lasso character, but he's a little bit more like, you know, underdeveloped. He's not like the, the dad jokester type. Yeah. Uh, he is more kind of like serious and more buffoonish. Um, so he had the, um, that script like under his name. So from my understanding is that that was just, the, he had the rights to pull that character or like pay off NBC for the rights to make a show. So whatever that backroom deal is, we'll ne- probably never know for the, the specifics on. But he took that and pitched that to Apple TV. And they, you know, obviously flesh out a lot of these characters. Um, Ted is far more wholesome, uh, far more lovable. And like he's this, you know, perfect dad the stereotype and then everyone else in the show is like added on i mean actually you should watch the commercial because they reuse some of the jokes as more of like oh paying homage to that original thing doesn't seem like they're just like recycling old jokes 
yeah. just kind of like you know it's like oh hey we're referencing that again where we came from coach beard is also in those and coach beard is my favorite character <laughs> i mean uh i don't know how there's you a go, lot i, of I don't know how characters. you go against roy kent but <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> you can't go against roy kent <laughs> um that whole the whole show is um uh really like never watch a show that made you feel as good as ted lasso makes you feel ted lasso especially watching it like uh coming out of like the pandemic when i when i first started watching not not that we're not out of the pandemic yet but so i you're not alone in having that type of feeling for that show Mm. because like like i said ted lasso kind of like is this stereotypical dad character and i feel like that's very intentional for like how their writing style is they um not only make you laugh, um, make you you know really emotionally involved. They they teach you uh, about like how to handle emotions. Uh, yeah, how they teach to, you a lot about forgiveness. They they teach you um, like, like that's the main that's the main theme I think is forgiveness. It it very well could be and our acceptance. Yeah, uh, there there's go hand in hand. You know, they really do, and that show kind of uh, as as like funny as it is. It is very, you know, um, yeah, it's mature. It's not fucking soccer. It's, no it, one gives a shit about soccer here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, like the whole like, uh, like the, there's no t- there's ties in this. What? <laughs> we don't do ties in America. Um, yeah. So, as um, uh, I forget where I was going with this, but like the show, like as silly as it is, it has some of the best uh, like therapeutic writing I've ever seen. Just because they don't, like, go off of cliches and, like, just general, like, oh, and everyone, like, resolved it happily ever after. They, they actually show healthy relationships and how to deal with certain things in a very psychologically healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, cause you're, you're, I give that show, like, 10 out of 10. Ted Lasso is, of that. is coaching an entire group of men that have always been, like, angry soccer players. Uh, and then, like they throw in in a person that's never coached soccer before into this thing, where and then like who teaches them how to? I I wouldn't say even be better soccer players, just to be better men. Yeah, like yeah, he, he tries <laughs> to make that, people better at not what they do, but who they are, and then by association, they are better at what they do. Yeah, and they're teaching that's him how like, to fucking play soccer at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a, yeah, it's like such a beautiful indirect uh, philo- like approach on his like coaching philosophy. Yeah, um, I, I'm glad you kind of like backed up a little bit, and explained it, because anyone who doesn't know what Ted Lasso <laughs> is about is like probably really well. Confused. Everyone that doesn't know what Ted Lasso is, is about knows that they need to watch it and i hope that this can get people to watch it because like you will be enthralled i watched the first season in one day like i couldn't stop. yeah no yeah uh, th- that is um my number one recommended show for anyone to watch but mine is always still gonna be Watchmen, but you know we, we were past that i part. don't Watchmen is like if we can uh, have a fan bro moment uh mm-hmm. watchman is my uh favorite show in the past uh, has it been 10 years since breaking bad i'll say five years uh, in the past five years, I think it's, it's been it's, ten years since Breaking Bad. Well, since it aired, I think Breaking Bad ended in twenty twelve. Oh shit! Did it? I think so. I think it's twenty fourteen. Let's look. Let's look. Um, but anyways, go on. 
Um, yeah, Watchmen. I love that they did not do a second season. I love slash hate it, but you know it does like twelve. 2012? It started in 2008. It's five seasons. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's if they're every year. There were 2013. Okay. Well, because the last season was. Did in you two watch years. Breaking Bad as it aired? Uh, I watched it as it aired after the third season. Oh, okay. So you're the same boat as me then. So, you know, like they broke up season five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And season five A and season five B. And they it took three years to release those. Oh, so maybe it was 2014. Yeah. Yeah, because so, it started in 2008, so. So, so at the very least, season five was at the very least two years. I remember there being a very long hiatus between the mm-hmm. season gaps. Uh, oh, boy, was there a lot of theories that floated on the, the Breaking <laughs> Bad subreddit. I mean, I'm sh- if you were, well, um, uh, when I was in, because you, were you into Lost when it was still airing? Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, that was, there was a that <laughs> website called darkufo.com and they yeah. just have so many lost oh yeah I was what I, to. I, that was um that that site i i mean i had to just step away from it just because it, you know <laughs> it just became a religion to check it every day i know i did it every day uh yeah so it's like i used to google when is the wind of winter winds of winter coming out <laughs> Back in 2013, and it's almost been a decade since I've been wondering when this next fucking Game of Thrones. Well, is okay, out. let's let's pivot on that because I actually had um, some thoughts recently on the Winds of Winter, and I was like taking a shit, and I was looking outside, and I'm seeing how cold it is, and then I like checked my phone, I checked the like the time and date, and I realized what fucking year it is, and when was the last time George R. R. Martin released a goddamn book? Yeah. So eleven, right? It's been so long. 2011 is correct because uh, it was the year after the first season of Game of Thrones airing, yeah. and we have gone through how many eight seasons of Game of Thrones, yeah. and then two plus years. And on top of that, we have a so, new series coming out this year. This is the longest stretch between books there's been. So there has mm-hmm. to be him planning to just ha- he's got to have them done by now. The two next books? Yeah. Because there's how does it hinder you as a writer that now that you have a larger fan base uh, and then there's been a lot more like discussion and acceptance of your books and like your stories and your characters. So you have a lot more comfort in what you're putting out. It's going to be uh, at least understood. I mean, I guess he doesn't, Martin doesn't really care about that. Uh, but at least the, he, this is the he has more writer's block of all time. It's, it's either that or he's going to release this one and the next one all, all both at the same time or as one giant book. And he's got something up his sleeve because there's been zero news. So he's, you know, obviously had thoughts in the past decade and some change. And he's released a couple and, chapters. Like, uh, probably at this point, like five years ago, he's, like, released a couple of chapters from Winds of Winter. That sounds familiar and honestly seems like a, a fever dream. <laughs> there's been so little news about it. Uh, so I think he's just, he wants to die first before letting it go. Because there's just... Uh, what I was saying like there's so much with um, like out there and to make it more accepted there's also so much more pressure to make sure it is like good and because the show obviously falling on a sour note 
he probably has. But some, also, uh, he missed the opportunity to get a bunch of really, like when this re- gets released. Like, I mean, no one's gonna people are gonna buy it, obviously, but like. You're not going to have as many people buying it as you would have during the height of Game of Thrones mm-hmm. when you should have had this finished, you know, and you could have made the ending of Game of Thrones better yeah. if uh, they would have seen what was coming next. I know they have, like, a basic idea. Dude, I feel like he wrote on a napkin what what was uh, some very broad strokes and didn't highlight any specifics for them. So I do feel well, yeah, bad. Bran being the king at the end makes sense. It, he yeah, was the very. Can. He was the. Did you read all the books? Um, I stopped at a feast for crows because it was boring. Yeah. Well, I read all the books. Um, uh, and uh, Dance with Dragons was really cool, and it was a lot of Bran, and Bran was so much cooler than he was in the fucking show, um, because of this whole time traveler pop plot mm-hmm. thing, and you don't know if he can actually manipulate the past or not. And you think he kind of can based on, like, one thing. But, you know, the shows didn't really take any of that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, don't really mention Lady Stoneheart, which I believe is in Feast for Crows. Um, if you Did you finish Feast for Crows? No, I stopped halfway through. Okay. Yeah. I literally, like, closed the, the book. The I ending was... of Feast for Cl- Crows was really cool, but... So, I... Do you know who Lady Stoneheart is? Of course, yeah. Okay. I mean, she's in the um, A Clash of Kings. Which is probably the best book I've ever read. No, she's not. Yeah, she is. No, she's not. Clash of Kings is that the second or third book? That's the second book. Oh wait, wait, what's the what's the third book? Storm of Swords. Okay, Um, the red. Where's the red wedding? Storm of Swords. Okay, so yeah, so she's in the the epilogue. Well, how do you know who she is then? Well, because who is she? Well, she's Lady Catelyn. Okay, well, I don't understand how you know who she is because she's only in the end of a, of a feast for crows. No, she's not. She's in the end of, um, of, the the book with the red wedding. What's the book that like had everything? Like, Storm of Swords. Yeah, okay, the third one. Storm of Swords. Okay, so I just got a Clash of Kings and Storm of Swords mixed up. Yeah, she's in the epilogue. But it doesn't say that she's Catelyn. Oh my God! It, it's like drip. Uh, I watched the show first, right? I watched the show first, no, and no. and uh, after knowing these characters a little bit more in depthly and beyond the the Red Wedding, and knowing that Lady Stoneheart is an actual character, um, you can kind of connect those dots. It's not like, oh my God, who could this person be? Type thing. She says uh, something so along yeah. the lines of like how she wants like vengeance. And it's like, okay, well, this is this is perfect. I wish the show had this. I, yeah. I understand why the show doesn't have it, because it's kind it's of... Re, like, it's hard to string Catelyn Stark along, or the, it, the actress right, that plays her. Right, and because, A, the creators of the show had no idea what the payoff was going to be. So how much investment are you going to need? Which makes me... Because you're going to need, like, he, at least 10 minutes a season. What is the payoff going to be? Like you know, we don't. We still don't know because I I assume nothing uh, has come to uh, fruition with uh, Lady Stoneheart in the books, other than she's just fucking up shit in the background. The only, the only thing is she she like strings like if you don't mind me spoiling the mm. uh, the end of Feast for Crows, mm. she strings up Brienne Stark or or Brienne of Tarth, like and Padraig up by the. Night. 
Fear number three. Like trying to kill them, and then uh, then that chapter ends. Oh, okay. All right. So she attempted to kill them, and then the book ends. Well, then that then like that like the book ends with Jon Snow, but um. Uh, oh wait, Dance with Dragons or Feast for Crows? Oh wait, no, that ends with. I think Feast for Crows ends with, uh, uh, sorry, Cersei walking through the, doing their shame thing. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that was in Feast for Crows. I figured that was in book five. You know, I could be completely, I think Cersei was a character in Feast for Crows. I don't think she was. Um, it was, um, well, um, Arya, Bronn, um, the the Greyjoys had a big part, like the the um, the family itself, like had a, yeah. a couple characters, and then Brienne of Tarth, who her entire oh, it ends with Theon, Theon, Theon jumping off the the bridge with or jumping off the castle walls with Sansa into snow. Oh okay. Oh shit, maybe hmm. I think no I no I'm not gonna go back to the books. <laughs> no, not until the other ones are at least released. <laughs> well, anyways, moving on. All right, we're back, everybody. Um, I don't know if you, we told you that we were leaving, but we did. Yeah, we took a, what was that, like 15? We took a 15 because these are strong beers, everyone. Yeah. <coughs> Holy shit. 11% really uh, gets you. Yeah, that's um, uh, like drinking one 33% beer. I'm good at math. <laughs> we are on beer three. We are on politics. And topic three. All right, the world is um, uh, getting nervous about the Russian troops and their coalition. World near Ukraine. War three, baby. Probably not, but um, uh, it's getting the tensions are getting high, and the Russians are getting uh, physical in their campaign to not let Ukraine ever get into the UN to stop the West. Um, uh, control over the world. Yeah, Russia, uh, as always, presenting themselves as the objective bad guys. And then, um, yeah, they're doing great at that. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people are thinking that this, it, like, they don't have enough troops there right now to, like, actually invade and control Ukraine. They need about 300,000 more, I think, is what I've heard. Um, and also, like, the balance of power in Asia exists a lot on between Russia and China's, whatever their arrangement is, and China's about to host the Olympics. So nothing's probably going to happen until after the Olympics if something does happen. And Russia is allowed to participate in these Olympics, right? I don't even know if Russia's still allowed to participate in the Olympics yet. China's gonna probably uh, pull some strings to make sure they're in there because I mean these are all know. these are all faux Olympics anyway because like you know you don't have you don't have any of the U.S. Uh, hockey players going because of COVID and whatnot and in China not letting people in with COVID like because they've like pretty much eradicated it from their country um, because <laughs> an authoritarian state can do that better than democracy. How are they doing that, Nick? Are they doing that through like the the vaccine? Yes, I think so. Well, they're they're all fucked because they took the vaccine. <laughs> that's so dangerous. 
And we'll talk to Joe Rogan about that. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> Joe Rogan is so politicized. Like, uh, to his un his own undoing. Like, yeah. he's he's fucking like um what's, you see what Neil what's Young the word? Just did? Uh he's activated, as the as they say. Like Yeah, I, I don't know what that means, but So you know, uh it pretty much just means that he is the opposite of the person he was. He's, he, you know, like, you know, someone who watches a lot of propaganda, they get activated based on the, the content there. And whatever wormhole he went down, he red-pilled way too hard. And he is a completely insufferable, like, like asshole, pretty much. Yeah. I, I I am a big Joe Rogan fan. I've been listening to his podcast for uh, almost a decade. And, like, he was someone that was very unbiased and looking at all sides. And now he is literally insufferable because of his biases. Yeah, I, re- I remember listening to his podcast with Tom DeLong back in the day. <laughs> that, and, that and, was, and he has this, That's like, a bit of a throwback, yeah. He, he has this thing at the beginning where he says, like, Everything that says that he says in here, it's a bunch of bullshit. But I love a bunch of bullshit. Like, yeah. you know, and Tom Long is talking about like not serious things, like fucking aliens and shit. Like, you know, not things that are gonna detriment the, society. The uh, the idea of Atlantis existing or. Like, um, deep state government, like, giving Tom DeLon top access. It's, like, yeah. silly shit. I mean, that's why people tuned into Joe. Mm. And now he's, like... Uh, now he's hurting society. He he is jumping on a topic that he is, like, pretty much objectively wrong on. And then if anyone is on his podcast, like, uh, goes against what he's saying, he brings on someone who agrees with him. Which you, mm. it's the it's the antithesis to his thesis. What it, what it at least started as. Yeah, he just had like I the podcast that I listen to, like uh, where I honestly get a lot of my takes from. Um, they just like showed a or like. How do you say showed when it's just a audio medium? Um, they audibly showed it to me. Yeah, they, <laughs> they audibly showed a clip. Of a Joe Rogan yeah, podcast, they played the clip <laughs> where this guy is challenging Joe Rogan about um because uh, Joe Rogan is saying like, oh yeah, the vaccines are like giving this mito something with uh, the mitochondritis or something. Yeah, yeah, with like yeah, with, and he's like, oh no, I think you're wrong, uh, and he dismisses him. That's that's honestly just the most recent well, well, one. Well, of well, like Joe, Joe Rogan looked it up on the live on the podcast. He's like, oh yeah, I didn't know this, and like he's saying like. Yeah, maybe the vaccines, some of the, like, very rare amounts of the vaccines do that, but, like, it's tenfold the amount that that happens with COVID. Yeah. You know, with, like, extreme COVID cases. Yeah, and he didn't, uh, like, at least accept the information. Like, mm-hmm. his uh, his uh, producer, Jamie, young Jamie, like, has... Can't be young anymore. <laughs> He's been this producer for, like, at least, oh, like... he was like, never young. He started the job when he was 40 years old. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just had like a baby face, so they called him that. Uh, he honestly, like, you can sense some frustration from him because he chimes in every now and again. Uh, I'm not as regular as a listener as I used to be because, mm. you know, every I advise episode, you to stop. So, yeah, well, yeah, I 
last episode I listened to was a Snoop Dogg one, which was good because they don't talk about fucking COVID. Yeah. <laughs> they just, like, are two dudes chilling, which is why people, like, watch him in the first right. place. Not for their political information. It's fucking stupid. Um, but, like, when Jamie, like, chimes in to, like, prove something wrong, like, Joe, like, kind of, like, just blatantly just denies the information. Like, oh, well, that's stupid shit. And, yeah. and it, it, it's the bias is so strong. It's 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 really aggravating. Um, but yeah, um, Joe Rogan is garbage. Uh, ever since Spotify, ever since he moved to Austin, it's been a notable decline on the show. Uh, even it being on Spotify sucks because there's ads like in the middle of it, and the, which never was a thing. Mm. Uh, his podcast is just absolute garbo. Oh, is he exclusively on Spotify now? Yeah, so that's why he's been coming up in my feed anymore. Cause I I have been subscribed to him for a while on my podcasting app, but yeah, so he's no longer on um, anything any else? anything else podcast wise. He's got clips on YouTube, but it's far and few in between like what how much he used to get. Well, Neil Young just uh, gave Spotify an ultimatum where like if you don't cancel Joe Rogan from your Spotify you need to re- remove all my music and Spotify decided to remove all of Neil Young's music. So, well, that's fine. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, like, like Joe Rogan should not be canceled. I should say that. I should say no one should be canceled. I don't think Alex I don't Jones think should be canceled. is a fucking real thing. Well, I mean, deplatforming is a real thing. So Alex Jones obviously be fell into Do you think Donald obscurity. Trump should have not been uh, deplatformed from Twitter? It's uh, that is a difficult one. I would say in well, the you, long you can't, run, you can't say no one without saying that. I I, I say it's difficult uh, to answer that one in particular. At, at least like a temporary ban, but a perma ban, uh, probably not. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say in the long term of history, um, it might be better. But I will I will say, it is nice. It is nice. <laughs> It, it it's nice that he doesn't have a platform to spew misinformation on. Um, I, Yet Joe Rogan does. And so maybe it would be nice if he didn't. And Joe Rogan... Like, it's not like you're not, you're not, you're not canceling people like from doing whatever they want. You're just, yeah, like you said, deplatforming them from things that reach the masses that are like, you know, like, it's just, it's just like, like some TikTok shit that's being cultivated into... Uh, but Joe Rogan doesn't really like fucking QAnon shit. You know, you well, know yeah, he most doesn't... of my Joe Rogan hate that I get comes from his fan pages. His fans mm. hate on him uh, and more in, in tune uh, to the hate with accurate uh, criticism of him than anyone else. And that it, it opens up the, the field of discourse, which is kind of why his podcast thrived in the first place. So he has long-form podcasts, so there's a lot more conversation to uh digest and interpret interpret and then like produce some valid conversation off of donald trump has 160 characters then he has a cult following so there is a very a stark contrast between joe rogan and donald trump which joe rogan also is not a trump supporter he's not even a trump voter uh so I mean, I feel like Joe Rogan has a place in the discourse. Donald Trump has a place in uh, uh, kind of throwing a wrench in the discourse. If if Donald Trump started a podcast that was as popular 
it probably would be as popular as the Joe Rogan pop podcast. On I would I will say this: if Donald Trump had a long form podcast where episodes were two to three hours long, I would probably listen to every episode. Um, uh, just for fun or just to be aware of what's going on in the. the I would probably find it entertaining. I would probably find that entertaining. I mean, I just don't. I I I think it's dangerous to let people. I, I feel I, I just feel like like Joe Rogan's podcast is dangerous and it has cost people lives. Dangerous, like, no doubt about that. Uh, in 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 which sense? Like you're getting people to believe it, in, in whether or not he's specifically saying these things. He is leading them on to these things to believe in things that are detrimental to their own health, like being anti-vax and like taking fucking horse dewormer, which is which was a big thing. And maybe he didn't specifically say to take that for the horse things, but like, you know, it's, that's kind of where it led to. And, uh, I don't know if you can count on everybody to make the right decision when we live in an age where we, we, we worship people that are semi-famous. I, um, Joe Rogan has fallen from his unbiased um, like stance a lot, uh, and he has progressed in the wrong direction, in my opinion, in a lot of like the way he performs his discourse. But in, I don't think he's reached the realm, nowhere even close to the realm where he has become uh, full on damaging. I mean, obviously he gets like a couple people, Aaron Rodgers being one person in particular about the anti-vax stuff. Um, but he still has the long form discussion with no interruption in the conversation. And I feel like those conversations, whether if you agree with the, like the overall topic or the nature of the content in there, uh, I feel like those, as long as they're being had, uh, in like a fully honest space, which Joe Rogan is not like trying to mislead people he truly believes that stuff now. Uh, so I feel like seeing those perspectives and understanding them is overall as a net whole so important as a society. And uh, I, I mean, both sides of the argument should be presented. So when he, you know, is dismissing scientific evidence it, yeah i don't want him to say that but i like the fact that he's at least presenting the other side because one of the worst things to like for like the anti-vax movement are for uh people who care about the science and the information one of the worst things for us is that these anti-vaxxers like dig in their heels and they dig in their heels because they feel like one side is untrustworthy uh, and uh, and when they try to present why and we dismiss them they dig in those heels even further so because mm-hmm. there's not an open conversation about it well I just realized that that's kind of like the thesis of this podcast mm-hmm. like hearing the other side and that's that's kind of in a very bastardized stretch of the imagination <laughs> what the Joe Rogan podcast is still doing Right, I you, like that's use that used to be very, uh, very much so what the Joe Rogan podcast or experience was about. Uh, not so much these days. 
Yeah, it's, it's it's just not as good as it used to be. It's not I wouldn't say like dangerous. See it it seems like he maybe has taken a side and presents himself like he is neutral when he has a side. Like, he he like, clearly like, has a side. He if, needs to if, drop if, DMT like twelve times over <laughs> to get back in the graces if, of his fan base. If we want to like take a side with like uh, you can can uh, like uh, make this uh, relatable to this podcast. I've never lost my side. I will listen, but like I'm still going to be who I am. But mm-hmm. I feel like Joe Rogan has taken a turn, maybe, and maybe I have too. I don't know. I've been doing this for five years. I've heard a lot of opinions about shit. Mm-hmm. Most of them are. Most of them agree with me, but there has been many that haven't. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not uh, I'm not going to buy into – I just feel like it's dangerous to buy into things that people say that aren't scientifically proven and that are completely scientifically disproven, like a lot of the things that Joe Rogan has talked about. Yeah. I mean, you just – you look at the information objectively – and you come to the conclusion as unbiased as you can. And, like, how unbiased as you can is the biggest uh, gray area of, like, what the result is going to be. But um, having that uh, at least, like, effort to try to be unbiased is how kind of you define yourself. Hmm. So, it's just really hard with the vaccination stuff because of how um, uh, clear and obvious the science is. It's really fucking dumb. It's so fucking dumb that it's politicized. Um, like you want to talk about gun rights or any 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 anything else that is not like a you know perfectly scientifically proven or like you know like that's based on like emotional stuff. Let's but like let's take this moment. Wise, the vaccines are the greatest thing that ever happened to humanity. One of the greatest inventions of all time besides the Amazon Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, besides the fact that it's recording us at all times. Um, let's take this moment to like kind of um, uh, shine the light on other sides of the political sphere other than Joe Rogan misinformation. Um, the, the fact that people politicize the, the vaccine and it, like mm-hmm. make it like a right versus left type of thing is Shout still out to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it, it's um it's 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 ridiculous. I mean, we do look like fools on a global scale, uh, which is why fact. Russia feels empowered to go and uh, make his presence known against Ukraine. Well, yeah, I, I don't know to how much how much West. weight that holds, but like, it, I yeah, Russia is definitely reveling in the fact that. Uh, that we are on an absolute decline and a brink of a collapse, pretty much. And and, and, and one of the orchestrators of that, based on the 2016 election, um, with all of their, right. can, I, I mean, their like social media Russia campaigns, being it before. That might be a little generous, um, calling Russia an orchestrator of our, um, our misinformation crisis. Dude, we are years of removed of, of, of me starting this podcast, talking about all this Russian disinformation campaigns about the 2016 election to get people to not vote for Hillary Clinton and well that's a little um, that's a little on the Russia gate side and so I think Russia's involvement um, is uh, on that front is a little blown out of proportion uh, mostly due to like uh, media input and 
like uh, like yeah russia's a genius at controlling the media <laughs> i mean honestly russia wishes they were like that all you need is one narrative so the russia my my take on that russia is as much involved with the the state of uh, of decay that we're in right now as a culture than pfizer is with the state of the uh the covid variants so obviously pfizer is benefiting from covid with their vaccine uh and they you know like the whole pandemic thing isn't something that people should really think is true no one's like that no one is that competently thinking that many steps ahead russia is not that competently thinking that many steps ahead yeah they can play it off that russia honestly wants you to think that that they're that competent and thinking that but in reality these people at the top they are just fucking dumb and then they're they have things that play in their position and they play off of those things and then makes them seem like they're thinking like 30 chess moves ahead they're playing like 4d chess Mm -hmm. uh but in reality it's it's really not that like grandiose i i I think that like they planted a seed for sure but they did not like tender like tend to that that crop they didn't like grow and trim and make sure you can can still pick the way you can still pick the most plentiful seed the most plentiful seed was donald trump and you can see based on wherever that seed came from what this is going to grow into like you can you can make like a thing like like i don't know what it's gonna turn into but it's gonna grow into chaos. Like, and Donald Trump was their seed, and maybe they didn't know. They not that they could forecast what the world is right now, but they could forecast back in 2016. Okay, this is gonna destabilize. They shit. saw a flame, and then they had some gas to throw and on I, it. I, I'm, and not, they, I'm not even they sure did, they're they gonna did like. That. They, they weren't certain it was gonna win, but like it did. And then like, look what sprouted. Like we we had an insurrection at the Capitol. We had even everything yeah, bef- no, everything it, before that. It's a that. forest fire. I mean, like there there was. They uh, guessed right, the, and there, it's not it's not it's not uh, it's not too obnoxious to think that they didn't try to guess right, and they did. This may be the time that they did guess right. Well, I mean, they 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 saw a flame. They had a gas can, and they threw it on there, and yeah, it ignited some stuff, but the flame was already there. And they didn't keep pouring on fuel to it. It was already going in that direction. So, I mean, that one gas can that, like, triggered, a like, a branch, an extra branch to catch on fire isn't the difference maker. They were just a part of the process. I mean, everything has been in that way, and it's it's the the corruption and money involved in, like, the media and politics of it all that really is the wind in the sails here. Uh, so... Russia, kudos to them for benefiting off of our demise, but like they are not the people pulling the cords at the end of the day. Uh, the The truth of the matter is, it's far scarier than that, and no one is pulling the cords, and we're all on a roller coaster ride that's out of control. And then hopefully someday we'll be wise enough to pump the brakes on it. Bring it, bringing it back to Game of Thrones. It's the wheels, the cogs, and the wheels, like from the Game of Thrones intro that that stop it and change the direction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 
So whoever is operating those CGI gears, they they need to fucking stop it. <laughs> they need to stop it right now. <laughs> the, you know what? I'm um, talking um, about politics. Kind of makes me think of all of this uh, Succession um, TV show on HBO uh, that I've been watching, and they are a media-based company. And there's literally uh, a part in season three where they are trying to vet because uh, they run like pretty much a CNN equivalent or Fox News equivalent. It's kind of like a merger of the two. Um, uh, who is like the main news source of uh, the entire like United States? And they're like trying to pick who they want to be the next president, who would be most in their favor. And it's like a little too real because it who really does control the information on the mainstream controls it all i mean look at donald trump he unintentionally was kind of like chosen to be president by the media even mm. though he hated on them they gave him the most free airtime and like he had tr probably a trillion dollars worth of free um, marketing for his yeah. campaign just because he was like this figure and then like all he had to do was polarize himself to get one side to give him a more like a slight edge above the other edge so how do we stop it we stop it by um one uh, uh well simply said and this corruption. is not and this is not um uh, just like between like not to just stop donald trump just to stop like because you know no one on the left really likes anything that joe biden's doing no everyone who voted for joe biden is well i shouldn't say everyone i would say 80 percent of everyone who voted for joe biden feels like not that they chose wrong but that they they're not are disappointed it. yeah they're just disappointed like they're he, very he, disappointed he has not came through with any of his we haven't even talked about the supreme court justice but yeah uh, i bet you he's gonna just who it was a justice uh leaning right or left it was a left justice that, uh, okay. that, that decided to retire. And Joe Biden did promise that there would be a black woman on uh, the... Um, uh, Fuck off. And, God. And, and that's probably not going to happen. No. God damn it. If he picks a black woman, honestly, like I'll have a hard time ha uh, being okay with it. Why? Wait, wait. Based on just that standing alone? Yes. Because that's Why? how he chose his VP. Okay, well... That is, um, I don't uh, care that she's black. I don't care that that she's a woman. I care that that is his priority in picking a Supreme Court justice. Well, what, who, what really matters in in picking a Supreme Court justice? Uh, well, what matters is them voting for the the general side of their that's what he, their that's what, successors. That, but that was one of his like, campaign promises. Are the so predecessors? He, he should like, probably he should record. probably fulfill that, right? Um, for putting more like females and like people with more melanin in their skin onto the courts. Yes, I mean like you don't that that that's something that like uh, we don't have in the Supreme Court. We don't have a we don't have a black woman who are the most unrepresented people in society. Like, it, I, I I truly believe that like even if even if anyone's un unqualified for a position, we have to have those diversity standards in everything we do because everyone has a different uh, a different lot in life and especially if you believe that people of color and especially black people of color black black women i'm sure i should say black women of color have like the hardest 
hardest time to get acceptance, then like we should have them. They on. absolutely do. But that being the first and foremost uh, qualification is going to be a hard um, no from me, dog. It's going to be a very hard yes for me because... <laughs> but being the first and foremost qualification. I mean, we're looking at Kamala Why is that Harris. bad? Why is that bad? Look at Kamala Harris. Yeah, well, uh, well I don't... I, Kamala Harris is different because she's a freaking cop. <laughs> like, but, like, but we don't have that anywhere. But Kamala Harris and is, also like you can't is is not good at her job, and she was picked for her job based on uh, identity politics, and that's not what we we want. I mean, well, this like, is not someone that's picked for a job. This is this is someone that is picked by one person for a job. Like this is this is the Supreme Court justices are completely political. So yeah, give me the most politically charged thing that you can pick. So if um. The first and foremost part is that they're able to represent the views of, well, I don't want to say the party, but I guess their predecessor's voting record. They want to try to create the create a balance. And uh, based on the music, we're running out of time. But yes. uh, as long as that person is able to fulfill a balance within the Supreme Court, which is currently very slated, that's all that matters. And... Uh, obviously, Kamala Harris being the the least uh, approved vice president in modern history, and she was chosen on identity politics. Maybe that shouldn't be the thought process moving forward. Fight fire with fire is what I'm saying. But I'm a I'm a Jordan. We're out of time. All right. Well. I am pleased to be on this podcast after about like a year hiatus, uh, and I enjoyed every second of it Any, very much. So. Anything you want to, uh, anywhere we can follow you, find you, or promote? Oh fuck! Um, sure, yeah. Uh, Jorvid one on social media, uh, and if you want to send me an email uh, at gmail.com, and also um, go to White Wolf um, Pastry and Clawson, and you can sample some of my coffee kombucha if you are lucky enough. All right, guys, you can find me at Nick Wigella on Twitter and Instagram. Remember, it's more important to find... Remember, uh, it's more important to listen to somebody else than it is for them to listen to you. Thank you for splitting success. Sorry, that was such a bad tagline, but we love you all. Joe Rogan! No! <laughs>